Thanks for tuning in to the Crew at UGA podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Crew exists to call students to know God, grow in their faith, and go to the world. If you would like to get more connected with Crew at UGA, or if we can help you in any way at all, go to the show notes and click on the link, or follow us on Instagram at Crew at UGA. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crew at UGA podcast. I'm Kyler, a full-time staff member with Crew, and with me again today is Daniel. Hey, guys. It's, it's good to be back. Yeah, glad you're on here, man. So today on the podcast, we're doing our third episode in our I Believe series. Now, the point of the series is to look at certain beliefs that Christians hold to be true and really dear to our hearts. And while many of these talks can seem a bit theological in nature, we really don't want to miss the implications that they can have on the way we live. You know, we want to be balanced in our approach with all these topics. Yes, we want to definitely talk about orthodoxy or right Christian beliefs, but we also want to talk about orthopraxy, right Christian living or Christian ethics, right? Absolutely. So the first episode, Alan, he talked about the doctrine of the Trinity. Last week, I talked about God being for us, specifically the fact that he gives us good commands uh, for us to follow in the context of his covenant that he makes with us. But this week, Daniel is going to be talking about the Christian belief that Jesus is the only way. So Daniel, what are we going to be working through today? Kyler, we're going to be working through this concept that Jesus is the only way, which, like you said, is central to the Christian faith. And today, I want to begin by just clarifying what we mean when Christians say Jesus is the only way. I think it's incredibly important to be really, really clear what we mean by that statement. It gets thrown around a lot. But I don't know if we share with others what we mean when we say that. And I honestly wonder if most Christians actually know what they mean when they make that statement. Mm, All right. And I think that's part, not all, but definitely part of why Christians are caricatured as being so offensive by the media and mainstream American culture. So before we dive into scripture, I want to just clarify that statement. When we say Jesus is the only way, we mean that he is the only way to three things based on what scripture says and and what we're about to dive into. So first, we mean that a relationship with Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, to eternal life with God. We we definitely mean that. That's definitely part of it. But we normally stop there. Mm. We normally say Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to heaven. Mm. He's the only way to eternal life with God. And we miss a lot when we stop it there. See, we also mean that Jesus is the only way to a relationship with God at all. Mm. Jesus is the only true way to encounter God, to experience him, to know him. Any real authentic experience of God happens through and in and with Jesus. Mm. That's what we mean when we say Jesus is the only way. So not just Jesus is the only way to heaven or to eternal life. Jesus is the only way to God, to an experience of God, to full spiritual life. And the third thing we mean, and this is really important, it's super easy to look over, but it's really important, is that a relationship with Jesus is a relationship with the God of the universe, the one God of all gods. You can't know God without knowing Jesus and vice versa. So that is what Christians mean when we say Jesus is the only way. Mm. Now again, uh, some people who are listening, when you hear what I just said, you might feel incredibly offended, and that's not necessarily surprising, but if you're listening and what I said makes you feel a little angry or uncomfortable or worried, please don't turn this off just yet. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
hang on with us for five minutes. What I just said in some ways was very exclusive, but it's also the single most inclusive statement you will ever hear. And if you don't know that yet, listen in for the next five minutes. All right, Daniel, I'm excited. (laughs) What a cliffhanger you left this week. All right, so Daniel, you mentioned we're going to explore some scripture. And so what passage do we see this idea in of Jesus being the only way? What passage are we going to go through today? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go through John 14, verses 1 through 7, just the first seven verses. Um, Actually, I'd love some help opening this up. Kyler, would you please just read that passage for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this is John 14, verses 1 through 7. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. But Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know this way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Thanks so much, man. All right, Daniel, so can you give us a little more context for this passage? What's going on here? Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, something that's really important to understand what's going on in this passage is why Jesus is talking about this at all, right? Especially just coming in the middle of the action. Seems a little random. See, Jesus is not in the middle of a sermon. He's not uh, preaching on a hill. He is in the middle of having what's called the Last Supper. It's a really uh, famous uh, term. It gets thrown around a lot because there's a famous couple famous paintings of it. Right. Um, but literally, you think about it, that means last dinner. Mm. Yep. This is his last dinner with his closest friends and disciples, the, the guys he mentored. These were like little brothers to him. These mm. are his closest friends. These are like his family. He knows he's about to die. And he's just told them, I'm about to be betrayed and arrested within the next couple of hours. Mm. These are my last, like, hours with you. I'm going to be dead within the next day. And here's what you need to know before I go. He isn't just telling them this randomly. You know, when a man is about to die, or a woman, uh, but, you know, in the context of Jesus, when a man is about to die, he is desperate to share his heart with people, especially with the people who he loves the most. And as Jesus is preparing to die, he's trying to comfort them. They've just gotten this news. They're discouraged. He's trying to comfort them. And he begins this comfort by telling them about heaven to tell them about what he has prepared for them. So he isn't sharing any of this with a tone of condemnation. He's sharing this actually out of desperation. He's trying to comfort them. He's trying to care for their souls. And this is what he wants them to know about heaven. Hmm. Kyler, can you reread those first three verses for us again? Yeah. So Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. Now, this is super interesting, because right here we have the most inclusive statement I think has ever been made in all of human history. And I'm not exaggerating Mm. when I say I think that. I mean, literally, this is the most inclusive statement ever. Jesus is speaking to his friends, and he tells them up front, there are many rooms Mm. in heaven. There is a lot of room in heaven. The first image Jesus gives us of heaven in his most vulnerable moment 
is one where there is room for everyone. Hmm. And it's so important as Christians that we don't miss that. In the Great Commission in Matthew 28, Jesus literally tells his disciples, go and make disciples of all people. And that word people, just in case you're wondering what all people means, that word people in the Greek comes from this word ethnos. It's where we get the term ethnicity. It's also where we get the concept of culture from. So when Jesus says all people, he literally means all people, every ethnicity, every background, every culture. There is room for everyone in heaven. That's actually where the concept of Jesus being the only way begins. It begins with inclusivity, not exclusivity. And it's really important that we not miss that. Hmm. See, his friends are asking him, how do we get there if there's room for us? They are worried that they won't get in. Hmm. They're scared they're going to miss out because they know they aren't perfect and they don't understand everything about their faith, right? Right. So they're sitting there realizing uh, God is perfect And they know that they're not perfect, Mm. so why would a perfect God want them? That's the question they're asking. Mm. They're not sitting here being preached to, I'm the only way, you know, you're going to, this is not a you're going to hell message. When Jesus says I'm the only way, he's actually telling them like, hey, I know you're not perfect. And guess what? There's still a way. Jesus looks at them and says, you know me, you know I want you. So you know God wants you because I'm God. And if you choose me, you are choosing God. If you choose God, you are choosing heaven, life, and eternity. And he's saying to them, if you want this, it's right here for you. Hmm. See, here's the thing. If knowing Jesus is the only way to heaven, it means that anyone, and I mean anyone, can grab hold of him at any time. Jesus is the only way, but that means that Jesus is the way for anyone. And in 21st century America, we can hear that and it not mean much to us. We can just blow that off. Um, But God is literally giving everyone a way to himself. And I I mean everyone. I know I keep saying it, but I mean everyone. See, we like to think that we're really inclusive nowadays. That's become mainstream in the culture. Inclusivity has become kind of a part of our cultural norms and values. It gets thrown all around a lot. But it doesn't take long to realize we aren't as inclusive as we think we are. See, we say we want to have diverse community, but if you've ever walked into the room and been the minority, and I'm just going to say this, being an Ashkenazi Jew with Afro-Portuguese heritage and an African God family, part of a tribe in in Liberia, um, you pretty much are always the minority in the room in some way. So, you know, so this is just a normal experience. If you've ever walked into a room and been the only one like you, then you know it's not fun. See, we say we want to be inclusive, but the minute we encounter someone with a different political view, a different social norm, a different personality type, a different struggle in life, a different life experience, a different way of doing things, we get so uncomfortable. And we normally just walk away. Better yet, the minute someone betrays us or hates us or harms us, especially for that difference, we normally aren't willing to forgive them. And see, that's where Jesus is so different. He says, literally, he's talking to these people who are about to betray him. They're about to run away from him. They're about to sin against him. One of the people in the room that he's saying this to is about to kill him. And he says this, you can sin against me. You can hate me. You can betray me. You can fall short of me in every way, but I am the way. And if you want me, I am here. 
Dude, that's awesome. That's incredible to, to look at that passage, you know, like you talked about, like Jesus saying, hey, I'm the way to grab hold of me, and there are many rooms in heaven for you. So that's really cool. But what about this exclusivity part? You know, like that's that's kind of part of it too. So, so what do you mean by that? How is this exclusive? Right, yeah. It is the most inclusive statement in all of human history, but there is an exclusive clause in it. So when we say Jesus is the only way, it is unbelievably inclusive because it provides salvation, life to the fullest, eternity with God to everyone. But it does mean that there is only one way to God, and that is through Jesus. And I want to talk about this briefly, but come down on it heavily. Mm. See, Jesus isn't being judgmental when he says this. He's literally providing a way out for everyone. Like we talked about the context. This is a this is a, a conversation of desperation, not condemnation. He is talking to his best friends before he dies. He's trying to comfort them. When they're confused and scared, he says this though, I am the way, the truth, the life, and and no one comes to the Father, no one comes to God, except through me. See, when he says this, he isn't telling this to judge them. He's saying it as a matter of fact. See, God is perfect. Heaven is perfect. We are not perfect. We can't reach that. We can't touch it. We can't experience much less eternally dwell in or with something or someone perfect on our own. We just cannot get to that level. And, and I don't know about you, Kyler, but I'm pretty sure we're not going to be perfect anytime soon. Nope. Now, what Jesus is saying is he is the only one who is perfect. That's really what he means when he says he's the only way. He is preparing to go to the cross for all of us, to pay for our sins. See, Jesus is the only way, not because he's judgmental, but because he's the only one capable of really paying for, really freeing you from your sins. He is the only one who can bring you life and fulfillment. It's not a judgmental statement. It's just a reflection on who he is. Hmm. And that's really the heart behind this. Jesus isn't saying, I'm the only way because I'm going to judge you. He's saying, I'm the only way, so please grab hold of me. Hmm. Man, that's really good. Um, So we talked about the belief part. We've talked about what the orthodoxy is of Jesus' statement. But Daniel, what difference does this make? You know, like how does it change the way we live? How does it change the way we treat others? And and how can we not only be hearers of this word, but also doers? So what are your thoughts for that? Well, Kyler, the initial thing I want to say to this is if anyone is listening to this and you aren't following Jesus right now, if you don't know the Lord, if you don't have that relationship, I want to just tell you this not out of judgment, but again, just the way that Jesus did to his disciples, out of desperation. Hey, Jesus is really the only way, but he is the way. Hmm. He died for you. He is just waiting for you. And if you're wondering, he is knocking on the door, just saying, hey, I can take that pain. I can work with this through you. I'm promising you eternal life. Hmm. Life here on earth and eternally beyond what you can imagine. I am the only way, but I am the way the truth, the life for you. The second thing I want to say, Kyler, is if you are a Christian, I know probably the majority of our listeners are kind of in this boat. So what does this mean for, for your life practically? If you're a Christian and you hear this, you've already accepted this, it definitely means that we need to share the good news that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him with other people. Mm. We need to share our faith And we're actually having what we call sharing weeks these next two weeks. Uh, So if you're 
uh, in one of our small groups. You'll be heading on campus soon, so here's a heads up, headliner. Yeah. If, if you didn't know this or you missed Winter Conference, you are going to be going out sometime this week to share your faith or next week to share your faith. But in sharing week, we also want to challenge you to have a spiritual conversation with three people in your life who you know don't know the Lord. And we've got some resources to help you with that. But three things I really want to hone in on, three things I really don't want y'all to miss as we share our faith. So first thing, as you're sharing your faith, uh, I think it's so important that we realize that Jesus is the way for everyone, especially those people that we don't care about or even actively reject. Jesus has room for everyone in his kingdom. It's so important to realize that. That includes people that we don't like, that we are uncomfortable around, that we overlook. Even the people who hurt us, Jesus has room for them and wants them to hear the news that he is the way for them to be saved. Uh, there was this woman uh, named Corey Tinboom. Uh, she's kind of a family hero, and she's a hero to our family because she hid um, our, I guess you'd say, ancestors, some of the Jews from Nazis during World War II. And because of that, her family, everyone except for her, ended up being killed uh, by the Nazis in concentration camps during World War II. Corey survived that, that concentration camp experience, and she continued to minister to people. She continued sharing the message that Jesus was the way, the truth, the life, that his forgiveness was open to everyone, and she would preach that sermon all over Europe. And once, while she was sharing in Europe, uh, she finished sharing this gospel message at a gathering. There was a man who actually came up to her, and he told her that she gave this amazing sermon and he thanked her and he went to shake her hand and she looked up at him and realized this man who was about to shake her hand had been one of the Nazis at the concentration camp who had been responsible for killing her sister and torturing her for years. And she looked this man in the eyes, this man who had hurt her in a way I just know I cannot comprehend and simply told him, there is no pit so deep, his love is not deeper still. Hmm. There is no pit so deep that his love is not deeper still. We need to reach out and share the gospel with everyone, especially the people we don't want to see or think we don't want to see when we get to heaven. Hmm. So as you're reaching out, be open, be prepared. Actually, I would encourage you to actively seek out and share with the people you want to reject because Jesus is more inclusive than you can imagine. The second thing uh, I want us just not to miss is we're sharing. Uh, we have to remember Jesus is the only way to God. And we have to remember, without Jesus, people are dying. They are walking through a world without hope, without God, without their primary purpose or source of life. They are striving for something they can't reach on their own and dying for the answer. Now, here's the thing. If you see someone heading off a cliff and you aren't urgently shouting at them, trying to grab them, trying to do whatever you can to warn them or to save them, honestly, that's worse than hating them. We have about 30,000 students at UGA who don't know the Lord. They are heading off an eternal cliff. And Jesus is able to save them. He is the answer. There should be an urgency to reach them. Our hearts should break because Jesus is the only way. And the last thing, real quick, is what Jesus shares with his disciples immediately after saying that he is the way, the truth, the life. He looks at them and he tells them, if you know me, 
you know the Father. See, if you're a Christian, I know uh, some of you guys, if you hear, we've got sharing week. When you go to small group, you might not want to go to small group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to hear this. You have the answer. There's nothing more for you to do. You have everything you need, especially everything you need to share him. You have the Holy Spirit of God Almighty dwelling within you. If you know the way, then you have the way. Mm. And you might be scared to share him, that's fine. We can provide you some tools, we can provide you some opportunities, some encouragement. You don't have to go alone. We've got groups going with you. We've got training, but the truth is that you have the truth inside you. He is a person, he is alive in you, and he is enough to reach anyone and everyone around you. So as you go out, you can go out in the confidence knowing you have the truth of very truth inside you. Mm. Man, that's all really good. What a great point to leave off on, that we have everything we need, and that is the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So, dude, that was awesome. Now, a little bit more about our sharing weeks. Like Daniel mentioned, we are starting this on February 8th, and we're going to be doing this for the next couple of weeks. And so all the information you need to know about sharing weeks, training, help, a guide of kind of how to do that on campus, it can all be found on our previous podcast episode that we just put out called Evangelism Training for sharing weeks. And so if you want more details, more help with sharing weeks, please listen to that episode and you can find all of that there. Or if you want to talk with someone more about this episode or about sharing weeks in general, then please fill out the survey in the show notes. That's the best way you can get in contact with us. And we would love to have a conversation with you about that. All right. Have a great week.